We'll stay tuned, bitches! Everything hurts and I'm dying. <laughs> this is Everything Hurts and I'm Dying, the podcast to remind you that health and fitness is for everyone. It doesn't have to be miserable. You're allowed to enjoy yourself. Join me, your host, Julia Krause, as we navigate together through the world of toxic fitness, six-pack abs, Instagram booties, and no days off to find real human experiences. Our world is different. It is inclusive and accessible. It is fun and challenging. It is friendly and supportive. It is open, real, honest, vulnerable, and brave. Everyone's journey of health and fitness is different, as it should be, and I'm here to help you along on yours. Welcome. You belong here. Everything hurts and I'm dying. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Everything Hurts and I'm Dying. I'm your host, Julia Kraus, and I'm here with my editor, Tony. Tony, say hello. Hello. <laughs> Why did you hesitate? It's a trick question. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. How are we doing today? Are you all right? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good, good, good. Um, today, guys, apologize for a little bit of the background noise. We are in a recording studio, obviously, and we're recording next to a band who is doing very well playing Rage Against the Machine songs. But if you hear a little bit of noise in the background, that might be because of them. So sorry in advance. We're also here with a very special guest. His name is Barbar. <laughs> Barbar is a little stuffed animal that some <laughs> that one of the trainer's clients got for me for my birthday. And all of the trainers have been having an absolute blast hiding him in different places across the gym. His full name is Bartholomew, thank you very much, or Barbar for short. Uh, and so we hide him all in different places throughout the gym. And then whoever finds him gets to hide him again. And we're all, obviously we're all trainers. So we're all super competitive about this. And so he has just been in a lot of little different places around the gym and he got hidden and he accidentally got taken home by one of the trainers because he was hidden in one of the bits of equipment. And so now he's back and I'm very excited that he's back, but my trust has been broken with the other trainers and I'm just hanging on to Barbar a little bit. We're getting, we're, we're helping him feel safe again in his environment. So he's sticking around, he's listening to the podcast and he said that he really wanted to contribute. So here he is. <laughs> I know if you're listening to this, it probably sounds like I'm completely insane, but if you're watching, then hopefully it's slightly less insane. <laughs> Alrighty, um, so that's our intro <laughs> apparently for this week's episode. Um, it's just me. Obviously, today we are going to have another fireside chat. And what we're going to be talking about today is feeling insecure in the gym. So I really hope that this resonates with some of us who are feeling less than like super duper secure. And uh, we will jump right into it uh, when we get back. Everything hurts and I'm dying. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Today's topic is feeling insecure in the gym, and we're going to get to that in just a second. I'm going to tell you guys really quickly about how my week has been and how my training has been going. So as you guys know, um, I am currently on my own path here, blazing my own trail. My coach is decided to coach other strongman competitors and focus solely on strongman, which is amazing. But that also means that we are not working together anymore on my Olympic lifting. Um, and that's okay. That means I'm doing my own thing for a bit. And it's actually kind of fun and exciting to be sort of in charge of my own ship for the first time in a while. And yeah, so we are working on that. And because of that, I've actually decided to go for something called a super total, which is basically... 
So Olympic lifting consists of two lifts. It's snatches and clean and jerks. And then we have power lifting, which is squats, bench, and deadlifts. And a super total is all five of those lifts. And to put it into perspective, a lot of people spend decades uh, learning and improving their squat, bench, and dead technique. And they also spend decades learning and improving their clean and jerks and snatch technique. And I'm going for all five, which is basically impossible. <laughs> and so I'm trying to figure that out, uh, being the overachiever that I am. And I'll keep you guys updated. It should be an absolute hot mess and a chaotic program to put together as a coach. But I don't know. I like a good challenge. And I like to challenge myself in different and creative ways and come up with creative solutions for things. And so hopefully I can bring that creativity into my programming for all five of these lifts. I'll keep you updated. I'm also pulling a truck um, in a week, three trucks, a 13 ton, a 22 ton and a 50 ton truck. Um, it's a event for charity. It is um, stillborn charity called uh, Sands. And it's really important to um, a friend of mine who I'm also doing that charity truck pull with. So if you guys want to look into that charity, by all means, please do and make a donation. <clears throat> so that is what we are training right now in the gym. And we are going to get right on to our topic of the week. Everything hurts and I'm dying. <laughs> Alrighty. So um, as you guys know, I'm going for my super total, which is five different lifts. It's snatch and clean jerks and squats, bench and deadlifts. For the past year and a half to two years, I've been working solely on my clean and jerks and my snatches. And because I'm going for a super total now, I need to integrate some power lifting into that equation. So I need to be working on my bench, my squats and my deadlifts. And because of that, I've recently had a max out day, which is basically where you try to lift as much as you possibly can for a one rep max. So you get one time to lift as much as you possibly can in that lift. And that's your max out like for that lift. So if you're benching, it doesn't matter what the number is because everything is specifically catered towards you, right? And we talked last week about staying in your own lane and focusing on yourself. And so it's you're competing against yourself. So the last time I tested my powerlifting one rep maxes was in 2018. And to put that in perspective, it's now 2022. Uh, and yeah, I haven't done it in a long time. I also haven't trained for it. Um, in a long time either, which I think is a very important aspect of this because I did my max out session last week and I did not do very well at all. It was pretty tough. I All of my numbers were worse than what they were in 2018 and I felt at the time really horrible about that because in the past four years I have been, obviously I've been training like consistently every single day. I've built a ton of strength up in my body. Um, my body composition has changed significantly. I've gotten so much stronger in the past couple of years. Um, I've also become a PT in that time as well. So in the past four years, I've changed my career. I've become a PT. Um, I spend, you know, every day in the gym and my entire life has basically become about gymming. And so because of that, I thought I would perform better on these one rep maxes. And I didn't. Uh, I really didn't. <laughs> and it sucked uh, because, yeah, I thought I'd do a lot better and I got my ass kicked, to be totally honest. It was brutal. Everything was just not going up. The bars were just glued to the floor. It was like somebody had turned the gravity on extra strong to hold everything down to the ground because it was not going up. 
And it was it was definitely a really tough situation. Um, again, because I just got my ass kicked and I expected to do better and I didn't. And every time you expect to do better than you do, you have these expectations built up in your head. And if you don't kind of get them, it is really disappointing. And so that was really disappointing for me at the time on sort of my own internal dialogue level. Externally, um, all my, like a bunch of my friends were there. Uh, so Rhett, who's a really good friend of mine at the gym, he's also one of my coworkers and co-trainers. Uh, he was there and he's, you know, a professional power lifter with squats, bench, and deads. He does this every day of his life. He was there watching, um, one of my best friends, Siobhan. She's actually been on this podcast before. She's a professional power lifter. She was there and watching my every move as well. And I just... It, it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing being around people who are very, very good at the thing that you're trying to do, watching you fail at the, the thing. It was it was honestly like humiliating in, in, in a sense. And it was even more so because I'm I'm a trainer at this gym. I teach bench press and, and squats and deadlifts for a living. And it felt like I was not able to do, to practice what I preach, right? You know, my entire brand of TRX training is about practicing what you preach and walking the talk. And I felt like such an imposter of being like, how can I teach my clients to do this? And I'm not doing it myself. And that was just a really shitty feeling. And again, I did it. It's, it's not like I wasn't able to do the thing. I just wasn't able to do it to the level of expectation that I had set to myself to do. They went up just fine. They just didn't go up as in of high number as I wanted it to. And because of that, I felt embarrassed doing it in front of my friends who all do it on a professional basis. I felt silly. And yeah, it just, and I felt like an imposter and again, I'm on this new journey of I'm starting my own programming. I'm going for that super total of all five lifts. And these are three out of the five lifts. It's over 50% of that. My score is going to be these three lifts. And, you know, to do poorly on them really knocked my confidence back. And also the fact that I have my coach and I are not like working together anymore and I'm kind of branching out on my own that kind of implemented a little bit of that imposter syndrome as well of like, maybe I do need a coach. Maybe I can't do this on my own. It was like all of my insecurities just kind of hit at once. It was like, you know, you're not good without a coach. You're also a shit coach in general. You know, you're a shit athlete because you can't get this up. You know, all of those really horrible things that you tell yourself in your head was like taking over and it just took over the whole session and I let it just completely wash me over. And I felt like shit for the rest of the day. I like, <laughs> I cried a lot and it was just, yeah, really embarrassing and humiliating. And yeah, I went home and cried a lot and just kind of sat on the couch, licking my wounds, feeling sorry for myself, throwing a full on pity party about everything and yeah imposter syndrome imposter syndrome was so high oh it was so high through a pity party and yeah just cried a lot and then the next day I woke up I didn't want to go back to the gym because I had felt like such an imposter and I'd felt like a fraud of a coach I felt like a fraud of an athlete I didn't want to go back to the gym 
And honestly, thank God I did because my very first session on the next morning was with one of my athletes and she absolutely nailed her personal training session. She hit um, like a PB on her bench press. She hit a PB, a personal best on her bench press. She hit a personal best for her overhead work. Like she just absolutely killed it. And she did so well. And then at the end of the session, she goes, Julia, you're a really good coach. Oh, guys, it just like penetrated my soul. It was exactly the thing that you need to hear at exactly the time that you need to hear it. And you guys know sometimes when somebody says that to you and it's just like, oh, it just like penetrates into your soul. Oh, I'm a good coach. <laughs> Definitely cried again. There you go. Cried again. Um, and yeah, from there, the day kind of just kept going and picked up. And, you know, I had my sessions with my athletes and every session just sort of reaffirmed that I am, in fact, a very good coach. And I am, in fact, capable of teaching people to squat and bench and deadlift. And I am good at doing these things. Um, yeah, it just helped kind of reaffirm that. But it was quite an emotional roller coaster last week. And so we're going to like deep dive into that. And so now you guys know the full story. We're going to deep dive into that, into what that means for you and what we can all take away together from that experience. Uh, and yeah, I'll outline everything for you. So come back to us after the break. Everything hurts and I'm dying. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. So now you know my experience from last week. What can we all take away from that? Good thing you asked. Well, here we go. <laughs> so first things first, let's talk about feeling insecure in the gym and let's talk about kind of how that all went down. So at the time I was throwing myself a full on pity party. I felt viciously insecure to the point where I felt humiliated and like everyone was watching. Everyone's watching me fail. Everyone who's much better than me at doing the thing is watching me fail at doing the thing. And I think that we can all kind of understand what that feels like any time in your life where you felt embarrassed or you felt like everyone else is better than you at doing X, Y, Z and everyone else is watching you do X, Y, Z and you are not doing X, Y, Z very well. <laughs> so I understand that a lot of people feel like this when they come into the gym and I personally have not felt that way in a very long time because I, I live in the gym. I work in the gym. It's my, it's my home. It's my environment. And knowing that other people feel like this all the time made me want to do a podcast about it this week. So hopefully like we can talk about it together and maybe we can all feel more confident in the gym together because I am after all a confidence coach. Um, I would like to point out that just because I'm a confidence coach doesn't mean that I never, ever feel insecure. It means that I do, I do feel insecure. I'm a human being. Um, when I do feel insecure, though, I kind of, A, throw myself a full-on pity party like I did last week. Fine. But then I come back fighting, right? I still came back to work on Wednesday, put in some great sessions with my athletes, and slowly and surely rebuilt my confidence over time. It's now been actually a full week later. And my confidence, honestly, has never been higher because I came back swinging and with a plan. And that's something that I want to stress to you guys is if you are ever, this can be outside of the gym as well. If you're ever in a situation where you're feeling 
like embarrassed or humiliated or just completely knocked down. Take your time to feel your feels. Your feelings are valid. Your feelings are okay to feel. Feel those feels 100%. Throw yourself a pity party. Feel sorry for yourself. Cry. Do whatever you need to do. Feel those feels. And then make a plan. And then come back fighting. Because that's the difference. Right? Your feelings are valid 100%. Feel like shit. Fine. But then make a plan and come back to it. You can do this. I've done it. You can do it too. And let's talk about how we can get there together. Everything hurts and I'm dying. (laughs) So, when we're feeling insecure about things, how can we come back with a plan? For example, I had a shit time in my session last time, had my pity party. I helped get over it by reaching out to some of my friends. And some of my friends came back with some normal love and some came back with some very tough love (laughs) and I think that the combination of it all helped me get back on my feet a little bit um and sort of realize that I just get over it move on with it like you did terribly but the world still moves right and that's something that you guys can think about as well that even if you completely blow it um sometimes when lifters go to events they call it um bombing out where you can't lift a thing, you can't lift your opener, you can't lift your safety numbers, you can't lift shit. They call it bombing out. And it's a common thing and it happens. It's just people fuck up. People fuck up and they don't do as well as they thought they were going to. And like shit happens. What happens after that is what matters. So let's like think about how we can come back fighting after being knocked down. And a way that we can do that is by making a plan. And by making that plan, you realize what went wrong and why it went wrong. And then you take steps to mitigate that from going wrong again in the future. So, uh, again, just an example from, from my week last week. Obviously, I did shitty because I don't train for those lifts. I've been training for completely other lifts for the past two years. Why did I expect myself to do really well on something that I hadn't worked hard or trained for? That was completely my expectations getting away from reality. And so that was kind of a little bit of a hard pill to swallow because in a sense, I was just kind of being a little bit of a dick, (laughs) like expecting to do so, expecting to do well on something that I didn't work hard to do well on. I didn't train for those lifts. To be honest, I don't know if I like earned that. If it was if it was my snatches and my clean and jerks, the Olympic lifting part of that, which I have been working hard on, I expect to do well on that. And I think that that is an okay expectation to have. Um, if I bomb out on that again, fine, feel those feels, realize what went wrong, make a plan, go from there. I think that if I would have done excessively well on that squat bench and dead, I would not necessarily have earned those numbers in the same way that I earned those numbers for the clean and jerks and the snatches. So a takeaway for you guys could be something that whether or not you actually earned the thing, whether or not you earned the expectations that you've set for yourself. Or are you just having unnecessarily high expectations? Think about that. What is the realistic expectation for you to have in the situation? Is it, is it reasonable? 
Or are you either A, being way too hard on yourself, or B, are you being slightly arrogant? For me, again, confidence coach, I've got confidence for days. I am very secure in myself and I think very highly of myself. Sometimes I can get a little bit arrogant thinking that I'm going to do better at the thing than I do. And then when I don't do better at the thing, I get all pissed off about it. So where do your expectations lie? Do they lie on harsh or arrogance or somewhere in between? Cool. Think about that next time you experience underachieving and think about does this make sense does this make sense like think yeah think about that next time you find yourself in a situation where you are blowing it (laughs) and think about why you're blowing it a in terms of where your expectations were why you think you're blowing it comparatively to those expectations a and then b think about maybe the other variables as well you know how well did you sleep last night what have you been eating how well have you been training you know this is again just not from a training perspective it could be from your expectations in a presentation with your company or something you know if you wanted to make a good presentation in front of your boss if you blow it you know why did you blow it what were the expectations were they too high were they too low what were the other variables as well you know, have you had enough coffee? <laughs> Is your boss a dick? <laughs> you know, did that make you nervous? Is that why you bombed? <laughs> there's definitely like ways to analyze the situation. And there's ways to analyze the situation from an objective perspective that doesn't make you an asshole. And I think a lot of people need to realize that it's not just a you problem. It's an everyone problem. And if we all try to think about it just a little bit more objectively then hopefully we'll all be a little bit kinder to ourselves and a little bit nicer internally about all the shit that we screw up. Because you're going to screw up. You're going to screw up. You're going to screw up again and again and again. You're a human being. You're going to fuck it up. How can we mitigate that? Everything hurts and I'm dying. (laughs) Okay, so... Now we know step two, right? Now we know why, well, A, we fucked up. B, we've analyzed the expectation situation of like how we know that we fucked up, right? What were we expecting to be different? And we've analyzed the variables. We've also analyzed the internal and external expectations of the situation. Excellent. Now what? Now we make a plan going forward. So... Again, using my example, I fucked up on my squats, bench, and deads. The expectation was higher than it needed to be. Therefore, I felt like I fucked up. What's the plan next? Well, the plan next is to train more squats, bench, and deadlifts. How? In a progressive overload way. So progressive overload for trainers and athletes and whoever, gym gym speak, is you are progressively overloading the weights that you lift. So... On like week one, let's say you lift 20 kilos. Week two, can we lift 21 or 22 kilos? Week three, we lift 23, 24 kilos. And you just sort of progressively overload it. And obviously it's not going to be on a week by week basis. I do not mean to set that expectation, (laughs) y'all. Some people train for months to be able to add like five kilos onto their lifts. Some people train for years to add five kilos onto their lifts. Progressive overload just means that you are looking to progressively increase the amount of weight that you lift on a consistent and like 
methodological, methodological, methodological basis. So, uh, so yeah, so make a plan, right? Make a plan. So I've got my squat, bench, and dead. I have my one rep max numbers, which are sad and small, <laughs> but we build on that. So we take that number, let's just say, for example, the number for like a squat is 100 kilos, right? So what we would want to do is thinking about the percentage of that 100 and have that be like our working weight. So I have a hundred kilo squat, then we would want to have like 80% of that would be like, I'm working really hard. I'm working again on a scale of one to 10 of working hard and not working hard. One being the easiest thing ever, 10 being super difficult. It's pretty easy to make that comparison with the numbers of your squat. One to a hundred, if you're squatting at a hundred kilos, then eight like 80 kilos would be like an eight on the one to 10 scale of effort. Does that make sense? So you'd want to go from that kind of one to 10 scale and work from there. So if you can squat at 80% for a certain amount of sets and reps, fantastic. That will help contribute to bringing that number up several weeks from now. If you want to go at a 50% basis, if you want to squat 50 kilos for like slightly heavier sets and reps as well, if you want to go crazy and do like five sets of 10 at like 50 kilos, which is 50% of your one rep max, that's okay too. That's like volume, right? You're working hard to kind of get a bit more car- cardio fitness, to be totally honest as well with that, because 10 sets of that is a lot, or sorry, 10 reps of that is a lot. But then you kind of can work at it from that perspective as well. So you can do lightweight for lots of reps. You can do heavier weight for slightly less reps. And all of it will build together to give you that one rep max of that lift. So be strategic about it, right? So right now I have my numbers and I'm playing around with different percentages and how that feels in terms of workload. This is actually exactly what I'm doing with my programming how that feels with that workload, and then I'm integrating that into my program. So again, building up my squats, building up my bench, building up my deadlifts, I come back with a organized plan of how I'm going to do better at this thing uh, about a month from now is when I'm gonna test my one rep maxes again. And so hopefully with this plan, I'll be able to bring those numbers up. I'm not just expecting those numbers to be better without working hard or making a plan for it. I'm organized and I'm focused. And that's what we should be after fucking up so hard. It should fill you with a little bit of drive and a little bit of fire to get your shit together and then figure out what you're going to do better and come back fighting and then try to do the thing again because that's what makes us better as people. That's what keeps us driven and focused and gives us that little bit of sense of badassery that we can do the thing. I believe in you. Everything hurts and I'm dying. (laughs) Welcome back team. So we're gonna take a really quick break here and we're gonna talk about my gym beef, AKA beefcake. So as you guys know, (laughs) I'm laughing because I know exactly what it is. And so as you guys know, we have our little friend Varvar here and Varvar AKA Bartholomew is hidden around by the trainers in various places of the gym and my beefcake is when the trainers do a shitty job of hiding Barbar. So the rules in the gym <laughs> that we all agreed on is that he has to be visible 
And he also has to be accessible. So one of the other trainers hid him in a place where he was not visible. So no one could find him. <laughs> and so, and he just was like gone for like two weeks because nobody could find him. And that's my beefcake is people who in the gym do not follow instructions on how to hide a stupid stuffed animal. <laughs> it was a very simple game. There's only two rules to follow. And I, my beefcake is against people who can't follow the rules of the game. <laughs> that's my beefcake. <laughs> Everything hurts and I'm dying. <laughs> okay, so coming back with some more tips and tricks on how you can feel more secure in the gym, right? So having this experience has made me realize that a lot of people feel this way in the gym. They feel like everyone's watching them. They feel like they're not very good at doing the thing and they feel like everybody else is better at doing the thing than they are. From strictly a gym perspective, here's some advice on how to feel more secure in the gym. Uh, step one is to A, go to the gym more often in general. The more you expose yourself to an environment that makes you uncomfortable, the more comfortable you're going to get in that environment. So challenge yourself to just be in the gym a little bit more often. And hopefully you'll find that like throughout time, it's going to get less and less scary for you. Another way you can feel more secure in the gym is by starting small and working with easy things. So, um, does your gym offer classes? If so, take some of those classes. Does your gym offer like free personal training sessions? If so, do some of those personal training sessions and have somebody kind of show you around. Uh, do you have a friend that you can go to the gym with you? Because that's, I mean, everything's more fun with a friend, right? And even if you fuck it up, at least you fuck it up with your friend, which makes it cool. <laughs> um, yeah. Another way is bonus points if that friend is like a gym person and then maybe they can show you a couple things to do in the gym. Really simple, straightforward things that might like that you feel comfortable doing alone that might make you feel a bit more secure and you can kind of chip away. So you can kind of come in, do the thing that you know how to do and then and then head out. Start small. Start small. You don't have to become Dwayne The Rock Johnson overnight to feel like you fit in to the gym. If you come in and do a couple really basic things, that might help you feel way more confident to come back and kind of build on that, right? Everybody has to start somewhere. Everyone needs something to build off of. So take that small thing, take those like little experiences and build on it. Another way to feel more secure in the gym is to realize that it's really not as bad as you think it is. So we talked a couple weeks ago, probably actually a couple months ago now, that things are never as bad as you think they are. The scenarios in your head are always going to be worse than the scenarios in reality. So you walk in the gym and you feel like everyone's staring at you. I'm sorry, but they're not. They're really not. You think that everyone's watching you. They're not. They're looking at their phones. They're scrolling through Instagram. They're looking at themselves in the mirror. Like, ain't nobody watching you. <laughs> they're not. I'm sorry, but they're not. And from sort of a tough love perspective, maybe think that, like, it's not all about you. I know. And I know that that's, like, really annoying to hear. But sometimes I need to hear that myself is nobody. It's not about you. They're not paying attention to you. They're not watching you. They don't really care about you. 
Like, they're on their phones, they're scrolling through Instagram, they're looking at themselves, they're worrying about themselves. They're probably thinking that everyone's looking at them. They're probably worried that everybody's watching them do the thing. And so, if everyone's in the gym just worrying about themselves, worrying about what other people think about them, that's just creating this, like, environment of everybody just not feeling comfortable ever. So, A, realize that ain't nobody looking at you. And then B, maybe even reach out and, like, talk to some people, make some friends, make, like, some gym buddies. Like, you know, if somebody needs a spot, like, help them spot. If somebody needs someone to help them film the perspective of one of their lifts, help them film the perspective of one of their lifts. Like, it's actually really easy to make friends in the gym if you kind of come at it from a good perspective. Men, please be careful making friends with women at the gym because sometimes we want to go to the gym and be left alone. Please do not spot us unless we ask you to spot us. And when we do, please spot us appropriately. I've made another episode about that, uh, talking about how to properly spot squats, etc. So please have a look at that. Um, yeah, so guys, come on. Like, don't, don't, come on. Don't be dicks about it. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> be, be kind, be open and welcoming, but don't be, don't be weird. Don't make a weird bro. <laughs> Everything hurts and I'm dying. <laughs> so guys, in conclusion, um, everybody fucks up. <laughs> You're going to fuck up. It's going to be epic. It's going to be horrific. You're going to feel humiliated and it's going to be super embarrassing. And yeah, it's going to suck. What's important is why you felt like you sucked. What were the level of expectations set to make you feel this way? Step, step one. Step two, feel your feelings, obviously. If you sucked, that sucks. <laughs> Cry. Like, let it out. You know, feel those feels, bro. Whatever you need to do, that's fine too. Step two. Step three, make a plan. Come back fighting. Figure out what went wrong. Figure out how you can mitigate for that, that for next time and what you're going to do about it. Step four, think of ways that you can be more secure in the gym. Can you go with a friend? Can you learn a little bit more about what to do? Uh, ahead of time. So that way you feel a little bit more confident and savvy next time you go in. Can you take a class? Can you uh, book a session with a PT to show you around a little bit? There's lots of ways to get around insecurity and fuck ups. And yeah, I don't know if you guys have any questions or if you want to give advice or ask specifics of how you can feel more secure in the gym definitely definitely send me an email or hit me up on instagram our email is question or questions at ehaid.com and i'd love to hear your guys's questions about feeling insecure in the gym because i'm totally here to help you through it because i felt viciously insecure in the gym last week and i'm a personal trainer i do this for a living i live in the gym and for me to feel that way i can only imagine what it feels like for you guys sometimes too so reach out and let's get through it together. Let's talk about it. Let's go through all the scenarios. Uh, I'm here to help. Everything hurts and I'm dying. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to Everything Hurts and I'm Dying. Uh, yeah, I really appreciate you guys listening this week. I know it was a bit of a heavy one, but we will have some more guests on soon. So stay tuned. And if you guys have any questions or concerns or I don't know if you want to just yell at me on email. That's fine too. I'm a big girl. I can take it. Um, hit us up and yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much for listening. Everything hurts and I'm dying. <laughs>
Thank you guys so much for listening and watching Everything Hurts and I'm Dying. I'm your host, Julia Krause. And if you want to get a hold of us, you can send us an email at question or questions at ehaid.com. That's questions at ehaid.com. You can also check out our website at everythinghurtsandimdying.co.uk or ehaid.com. If you want to get a hold of me, you can check out my Instagram at training 20 That's at training 20 Thanks so much for listening, guys. Have a great rest of your week.